0: Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Drip Podcast, the podcast where we need movies like we need our coffee. As always, I am Scott Lentz here with my good friend and co host, Christian Ubius. And Christian, I'm gesturing with my hands for some reason, and I think it's partially due to the fact that we are once again joined by an old friend of the show, and that is Paul Yoder. Paul, it is so good to have you back on. How is it going? Good to see you again.
1: It's good to see you too. And yes, I'm glad you gestured because otherwise I wouldn't know who you were talking about. It was, yeah, it was really good. The well, very important behind say, the scenes
2: business. Thank you, Paul, for responding to a text yesterday saying, yeah, I'm down to yeah. come in at
1: 7am yeah. <laughs> and discuss at the top. No, no that's, a, that's a great, that's a great <laughs> indication of like how my life is going right now. Oh so <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> great just open it's good well you
0: know fellas my life has thus far been over the past month or so consumed by the pursuit of two things that first thing is fire emblem i don't know if you have any familiarity Mm, with that video game the, the,
2: the, the people are in smash Yes. 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 All, like half of them. Yes. Yeah. I, and I, they're my favorite characters Smash Bros. Anyway, <laughs> on a more relevant
0: topic, the other thing I've been consumed with is the pursuit of James Cameron, as we have been discussing his films here on the Cinema Drip podcast.
2: It's been a good month for you.
0: It's been a it's been a stupendous month, Christian. I have watched movies of his that I'd never seen before. I've gotten to rewatch movies of his that I liked and find that I liked them even more when I revisited them. And for this particular episode, I get to watch a movie that I have loved since it was released. Then I grew up and I learned all of the criticisms about it, and I still love it exactly the same. And that movie is, of course, Avatar, which will be the focus of today's episode. Paul, I am curious what your relationship is to this movie, because I know for Christian and myself, not only have we seen it before, but we've discussed it briefly on the show in the past. People want to check out our billion dollar episode that we did quite a while ago with Kenan and Case in Color of the Hollywood Week podcast. So, Paul, I'm curious your thoughts on this movie, because I can totally see a world where you're like me, you're a big fan, you're a science fiction guy, but I can also see a world where, as a writer, you had some qualms and some you know, some <laughs> resistance to what Cameron was exploring here, so I'm just curious, where did you, you land with this movie?
1: Yeah, so uh, my—I I know you guys have shared your experiences with approaching this movie. Mine was in a double feature with the movie uh, *Dear John*. Uh, Nicholas Sparks. Uh, oh. Yeah, so we, we had this we had this deal with some girls from college who uh, we were like, "We'll go see this. You go see this," and uh, it was it was a remarkable night at the movies. Um, so yeah, after we were done with *Dear John*, we we walked into the movie and we're just my I, I've. I've rarely had such a good time, like, at the movies, uh, like, I don't know, I maybe it was the appetizer that, like, warmed me up to the main course, <laughs> maybe it was uh, just the fact that, like, I, the, the on, on rewatching, like, you just forget, like, what uh, an experience it was with, like, 3D, like, it being oh, this gosh. new, like, I, I don't know, just, like... So rarely has, like, a new technology like this been, like, so, like, right out of the gate, like, really well achieved. Like, perhaps, like, the best it's been achieved. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it was, it was a great night of the movies.
0: Studios try to make 3D happen so aggressively mm-hmm. after Avatar, even for movies that definitely did not need mm-hmm. to be projected in 3D. Mm-hmm. And they're starting to bring it back. And part of me wonders, like the conspiracy theory-believing version of myself wonders, have they been trying to soft-launch 3D movies for the last year so that when The Way of Water comes out, people will once again splurge for those expensive 3D tickets? The last
2: movie I've seen in 3D in I think the past five years was Thor, uh, Love and Thunder. You said Love and Thunder in 3D? Well, I saw it three times, so I had to like vary uh, like well, the versions of it. Grief, Christian. Yeah. I saw
1: Avatar
0: three times in theaters when it was out. Mm-hmm. And it, it was for me too, one of those movies where that first time seeing it was oh, it was almost special. Because mm-hmm. when I saw it, I was just about to turn 14. It was a, another friend's birthday. His sister bought a few tickets and said he could bring up like one friend. We mm-hmm. got there and had to sit in the very front row of the theater because nice. it was packed. And we had an amazing time. Yeah, yeah. probably the only time I'll sit in the very front row
1: of a theater. But yeah, you were in like the splash zone there. Like you were like your vision was full.
2: (laughs) Uh, That's that's incredible. That's really cool. I sat front row for Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice. Uh, Ah, a not so equivalent movie watching experience, perhaps. (laughs) Did not really have love at that point in time. That movie barely had two
0: dimensions. It was. (laughs) <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> me, I like Dimension, and this for Dimension. Um, Alright. Christian, I turn it over to you, because of course you have been curating this Cameron Blend of the Month for us, and I know this will be very similar to our previous episodes, but slightly different, so I just want to give it to you so you can explain where we're going as we venture back to Pandora.
2: So... Thank you also for asking me what my relationship with the movie is, guys. Uh, feel
0: feel free to fill it in. <laughs> you, go for it. You talked about Batman vs Superman with your time, so
2: <laughs> no the the I remember watching this in the movie with my dad, and I don't I can't for the life of me remember why I asked him to go see this movie. We weren't movie going people. I watched maybe two movies a year, if that, at movie theater, and I the the image that always stuck with me was when Trudy's plane goes down. I don't know why, but that image I remember, and I remember the night of the Oscars. I did not watch the Oscars at that, that point, but I remember thinking, oh, it's going to win everything, right? Because I didn't know any of the other movies nominated. I didn't know like everything that goes on with the Oscars, but I remember thinking, this movie is a spectacle. This movie is massive. I loved this movie. Therefore, it's going to win, right? Like That's that's how that's so stuff works. Mm. Um, but when I rewatched it a couple years ago for another episode that we did I was less in love with it because I think the phrase I used was it looks like these are PS3 graphics Mm. and you can have very good PS3 graphics Mm. but it dates itself Mm. and a lot of you can say many of James Cameron's movies have dated themselves Mm. Um, I'm not saying that's a bad thing I'm not even saying they don't hold up, but you can tell they're from a specific age. So on rewatch, I will. On rewatch, let's just. I'll I'll hold on to what my thoughts were on rewatch.
0: Christian, are you indicating that Piranha 2, The Spawning, has dated itself
2: (laughs) for you? If James Cameron did not direct, (laughs) Piranha 2, The Spawning. What would happen to that movie?
0: Uh, Well, Christian, it would be less than a footnote in history as a bad (laughs) cash-in horror
2: sequel. (laughs) The things that it had to happen or else Terminator would never have happened.
1: Yep. He just wants to go back in the water. That's all. It's true. That's all he's wanted. Since Jim, Piranha Two. He's uh, just wanted to be the <laughs> the water. the The sea has
0: always called to James Cameron <laughs> to explore it deeper and deeper, and now finally he can make big science fiction movies while whilst he does it. So, good for you, um, big Jim. Mm-hmm. Just a few quick details on Avatar, if for some reason you are unfamiliar with one of the biggest movies of all time, but of course, written and directed by James Cameron, it stars Sam Worthington, this is absolutely the, the peak of his career to this point, made him a movie star for a little while, so is Haldanya. He, he was in, the,
2: was it Clash of the Titans?
0: He was, yes. after Avatar, mm-hmm. yep. he was. Stephen Lang, Michelle Rodriguez, and Sigourney Weaver, alongside some other notable cast members,
2: did you not say Zoe Saldana?
0: I did say Zoe Saldana. Oh, first name. That was you were name. commenting on Clash of the Titans. I, I was apologize. commenting on
2: Clash of the Titans. Yes.
0: Avatar was very expensive, of course, made for a budget of over 230 million dollars, and was quite profitable in that it pulled down well over two billion dollars. And by this point, with re-releases over the years, it's actually made closer to three billion dollars. So, congratulations to James Cameron. And of course, although Christian did not win the big prize at the Oscars that year, it was nominated for quite a few. <laughs> it was the, the movie that year that cleaned up in the technical categories. It won things like Best Cinematography, and it was considered to be in the front runner for Best Picture. Famously, that year, Cameron went up against Catherine Bigelow, his ex-wife, and she came out on top with a movie that is almost the exact opposite of Avatar, (laughs) if -hmm. it didn't also focus on soldiers, which is The Hurt Locker, which I think to this date is still the movie with the lowest box office for a Best Picture winner. Moonlight,
2: maybe? Mm -hmm. No,
0: I I don't think it did. I think Nomadland maybe passed it because of COVID purposes. Mm -hmm. So... Yes, it, obviously... Oh,
2: Koda. made no money. Koda made no money, but I mean, we'll have to look. <laughs> I
0: didn't look into the stat, because we're not talking about the Hurt Locker, unfortunately. But, of course, a big giant movie, won a bunch of awards, launched some people to the stratosphere. Some of them are still there. Shut up, to Zoe Saldana, who's quietly one of the most bankable movie stars. But, Christian, I now turn it back to you. Anything else you want to introduce for Avatar before we just jump into it?
2: What I want to introduce I think will be introduced with my opening question, so let's jump into that. I phrased it a certain way when I texted it to y'all, but let me let me phrase it this way. Five years after Avatar was released, well in the right after Avatar, you know James Cameron says he's going to make three, four, five sequels. Um, and then it did say, I would remember looking at Wikipedia and being like Avatar 2, Avatar 3, Avatar 4, Avatar 5, pre-production. And it never changed from pre-production. It never did. Um, You eventually learn that he was like waiting for technology to catch up to what he wanted it to be. That being said, five years after Avatar came out, everyone kind of stopped caring about a sequel to Avatar. And as massive as this movie was, it feels like it came and went and people didn't need more of it. Does Avatar the way of water deserve anticipation? Is the question I'm going to pose. People are anticipating it now. Um, I think that's for a variety of reasons. I mentioned this before we started recording. It's been a tad bit disappointing in terms of the blockbusters that I've seen recently, in terms of the movies I've seen recently. Notable exception being, for me, Thor, which you despise. And so does everybody else, Mm. rightly. (laughs) And Top Gun Maverick, which you love. Which Mm. I do. Uh, Which everybody loves, rightly. Yeah, But it's been like half a year. It's been half a year since that. So does it deserve anticipation and why?
0: Yes, it does. Paul, I
1: tell you. (laughs) 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 No, I mean, it's, yeah, there is a, um, well, yeah, I mean, simply, yes, like it is, uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's been like pretty, uh, unfortunate times at the movies recently for me. And I think that, um, when, uh, when I think about like, I don't know. I, I, I texted you guys recently about a movie I wanted to watch, and like was frankly like, oh, I'll wait to watch all this on my laptop or whatever. And like, you know, uh, the 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 thing about this movie is like, it really demands like a theater audience, and like, I don't. There, there's there's not a lot of movies coming out that like are like, no, I cannot wait. Like I like opening weekend sort of thing. Um, so yeah but uh, I I think that is special and I think that um, yeah on well I have nothing else to say you can cut this out
0: I mean I, I I totally agree with Paul in that we're starting to finally return to movies that demand to be seen on a big screen and I think if you're You know, if you're a critic worth your salt, you'll say most movies demand to be seen on a big screen. Even the quiet drama, because that's the way it was intended to be seen. But despite that, of course, we do need these big, massive spectacles at the movies. And Avatar is particularly interesting, because of course it didn't really launch this massive IP. You know, we haven't been reading Avatar comics and playing all the intervening Avatar games and watching the Avatar spin-off TV shows since 2009, because... Cameron, as he often has done throughout his career, put things on hold until technology caught up to his ambition. And that has given us incredible movies in the past, like Terminator 2, which he waited to make until the visual effects could keep up with his dreams. So I am incredibly excited for Avatar The Way of Water. And I am curious too, just as a person who enjoys movies and follows the industry, will it get its late-breaking IP mega-franchise now that it's being shepherded by Disney.
2: If it makes $1, it will crack like the top between five and 10 most profitable franchises of all time.
1: Right, yeah, because it's... Well, and, and, like, famously, they just re-released, you know, Avatar to, like, you know, overcome the Avengers or, like, you know, the... Wait,
2: but the Avengers also re-released itself yes, two exactly. months later to yes, overcome yeah. the Avatar. And yeah. they
0: just put Avatar back in theaters a month ago. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, it's it's a... It, it does seem like a, a measuring contest at this point, and, like, I feel like, yeah, with... So, so with regard to, like, the, like franchise you know potential or whatever like i i don't know anything that like james cameron like personally directs of any of his projects like he's just never missed like he's he's never missed like creating a like good fun time at the movies that like is a little bit more like i don't know that creates like a conversation and that like is a you know uh like a deeply memorable experience So I, I feel like, uh, I just trust him and I, I trust him in the way that like, I trust a lot of directors who I'll just, I'll just go and see their movie, uh, you know, sight unseen because like they, he hasn't let me down yet and maybe he will. I don't know. But yeah,
0: if, if this movie was just called the way of water, no avatar, Mm -hmm. and it was not, it was some separate thing. I would still be opening night. I'd be there. Yeah. But on chair. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah. What what's interesting though is like when he waited to make Terminator. He was doing other projects like between Terminator mm-hmm. and Terminator Two, he did have Aliens and he did have The Abyss, mm-hmm. and uh, before Titanic, which was also like a passion project, he mm-hmm. did make True Lies. Mm-hmm. He didn't make anything else, right, since mm-hmm. the first Avatar. He's
0: mm-hmm. made some interesting documentary <laughs> before <laughs> Avatar.
2: Uh, did those all come out before Avatar? Those all came out before Avatar. Huh. Yeah,
1: done some producing work, um, but yeah, that's yeah. It's it's definitely been like this has been his his
2: baby. Uh, he's been gently nursing. And I know he's yeah. like directing Avatar two and three. We don't know yet if he's directing four and five, but I mean, is he done making other movies? Is this like is this the hill that he dies on? Is this his? Um, George R. R. Martin, like *A Song of Ice and Fire*, till the day I die. Even though I wrote other books beforehand, (laughs) like maybe, but with that, um, I want to turn it over to some key scenes of this movie, so that we can break down what it is actually that we have enjoyed about the film and why we should be, or maybe should not, be excited. Mm -hmm. I'm stoked. I have when I knew like when it was finally confirmed and then reconfirmed and then triple confirmed that Avatar 2 was gonna come out this year because I've been burned before. Yeah. It was my second most anticipated movie of the year, only behind Bardo, which we've already seen and already love.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I yeah, I'm I'm excited and I'm I'm hopeful that people come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, alright. Let's cut to it. We're in Pandora. Seeing Pandora for the first time. Sam Worthington gets off with the helicarrier? carrier, Helicopter? Yeah. Heli- it's, Heli- it's a spaceship. Flying theory. machine? Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Alright. A constant barrage of soldiers talking to him and the people around him about how easily they will die on yes. this planet. Your meat.
1: Oh my gosh. There's, like, they... they. It is the, like, James Cameron like marine talk, like, cranked up to 11. Like... There's all this, like, terrible stuff that they're saying yeah. to each other, like, Meals on Wheels, Oh, and, like, yeah. it's, it's, it's really, like, I, it's, it's one of those, yeah, but you, you can definitely tell, like, he is,
0: he played one Call of Duty game, it was Yeah. was like, <laughs> this, this is, is how, is how they're is. gonna talk in my movie, <laughs> like, I'm
1: basically a Marine now, I understand, yeah. um, but yeah, no, that, that is a, and it's so, like, on Rewatch, I just forgot how quickly, like, they get you there, and, like, get you into, like, the environment, and, um, yeah, like, there's, there's one quick scene of, like, him arriving, and then, like, bam,
2: he's, like, in the body, and, like, running in this,
1: like, beautiful garden, and, I don't know. Yeah. yeah.
2: And something that I always forget, until the humans are there, which is, you know, obviously purposeful, the humans are so tiny yeah and yeah. these avatars are what like or the navi are, are 10 feet tall mm-hmm. Something and, like that. and then the rhinos and like the horse creatures that are next to them are taller and bigger than them so yeah like in in your mind you automatically assume oh you know like dimensions of a regular horse no mm-hmm. and all these trees are massive mm-hmm. and it's like massive for a 10 foot tall species like mm-hmm. you just keep getting the sense of, oh, these humans are tiny and tiny and tiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he he really dislikes humanity.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even say he dislikes humanity. I would say he dislikes certain tendencies of humanity, perhaps towards profit over people. Uh, he's very famously an environmentalist, and that's part of his drive to explore the oceans and create these documentaries that that show his findings to the world, of course, but it's, it, it's always funny to me because in a cynical way you can, you can say oh, well James Cameron is you know, this liberal filmmaker who's using giant budgets to make big science fiction movies maybe make a movie with some ideas, man. But then on the other side it's like wow James Cameron really snuck in these anti-capitalist anti-imperialist ideas anti-police. into this massive anti-police like massive science fiction movie and we marriage is sacred <laughs>
2: In all his movies Marriage is Sacred. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Is anybody married in this movie? Yes, they're mated by uh, yes. they're not, I
0: was thinking about the humans, <laughs> but yeah, no,
2: yeah, they are a mated
0: pair before Ewa. Yes. Sorry, Sute. You got you made jobs.
1: They like make love on top of their god. Like that is like that's pretty final. That is. Yeah, <laughs> I will.
0: I would say. Yeah. I can we. I, I know we're jumping ahead of ourselves, but do you guys remember that Jake and Naitiri? connected their ponytails. Yes. Mm-hmm. That did not happen in my Blu-ray, and I am confused. What? Really? <laughs> it's like This particular scene is a moment of fascination with the internet because it is in and out of different cuts of the movie. I'm pretty sure there's something to do with it being on Disney Plus where they cut it out again and people were noticing it as they were starting to rewatch it before... Oh. We really so
1: they're still I making they out by the one, suit one, tree of yeah. souls, but... Yeah, I don't know, Christian. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, Disney is, like, weirdly, like, crudish on some things that is, like, because, I I don't know, like, I go back and forth on that whole thing, because, like, part of it, it, like, the whole movie just works if you just, like, stop, like, the overanalyzation and everything. Like, you know, it's like, oh, these are, like, these, like, blue cat people, and, like, there's, like, all these, you know, there's, they are, um, like, everything is glowing and there's this like uh, tree internet thing tree like, internet. and, and it's, it's and true it's, yeah and it's it's but like if you let yourself like get swept up in like the the uh the tide uh you know there is a yeah it's just great and like there it's this beautiful moment where it's like oh like you've set up that this is a literal like mind connection here uh that's you know that's not how you don't make a baby through the ponytail but you do like uh have a not um, with that yeah exactly yeah so um but in any case uh yeah it's it's a really it's a really cool like idea of just like a literal like soul meeting thing um so yeah
2: okay how hmm do we feel about these graphics and i'm using the word graphics because mm-hmm. this movie looks like a video game i maintain that I, I don't know if it's a source of criticism but i maintain that
0: i will say going back and watching it again i don't know if maybe it was this particular viewing experience because last time i watched it i, I did start <coughs> to see the way things were aging mm-hmm. and maybe this time i I didn't take any drugs or drink any alcoholic beverages (laughs) beforehand, uh, but maybe this time I was just more... I was happier to be watching Avatar again, because Mm -hmm. to me, this movie looks incredible, Mm -hmm. because it came out in 2009, and it looks better than a lot of blockbusters that come out today. And part of that is because the people working on the visual effects had ample time and resources to do it, and weren't being slammed with with budget cuts and tight schedules. But I I don't know. Like, there are so many moments of this movie where, yeah, it's people in mocap suits walking around green-screened rooms, and you know that. But Cameron, I, I think, still has the ability to immerse you in Pandora and in this world, and you can just get, like Paul, you were saying, swept away. And, yeah, sometimes you can see the scenes, like when Sigourney Weaver is talking to uh, Giovanni Rubisi's character who's just like the completely irredeemable CEO or whatever, director of this mining operation there's a moment where they're talking and it's very very clear, there's some extras off to their side working on a computer but then everybody else in the background is digital and added after the fact and and you can see those moments but Pandora itself to me I I had no complaints it it blew me away actually because I was afraid that I was going to Feel like it was a PlayStation Three game, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: no, it, there there are definitely like limitations. Um, one thing I did appreciate was like there are things that would be done. Like, okay, I I don't know. I just think that like we have this like uh, like march of history, like uh, like everything is like slowly progressing and getting better and stuff. And when you go back and like see someone who's like done it better than they're doing it now, uh, it it really like blows that all apart. So like. There are, um, one, like, the, the thing that, like, nails it for me is, like, there are so many, like, uh, little, like, hidden practical effects, like, um, with, uh, uh, yeah, so, like, Jake Sully, like, his legs, for instance, like, that would be done in green screen now, but, like, in the movie, uh, they are, like, prosthetics, and, like, it, it, it it gives him this weight where he's able to like throw his legs around and like you know not have to like act like there's you know something where there isn't. Yeah. Um, if you so,
0: forgot, Jake Sully being a he's paralyzed from yes. the waist down due to injuries sustained in a, in a war somewhere, and yeah. he's really rolling around in a wheelchair. He has these fake prosthetic legs that he can swing when need be. Kind of. mm. yeah. so, teach us about Sully's independence and his reliance on himself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I, I, there are a lot of things that like, uh, so I, I think, I think the breakdown is like, I don't know, it's somewhere around like 50, 50 of like uh computer generated and like, you know, uh, real life shots or whatever. Um, but I think that, um, the, it's, it's just nice that like a lot of things that like computer graphics, like couldn't do then, like he did not attempt to do. Uh, so like, um, yeah, the, like, the whole like blue cat people thing or whatever like that's literally like if if you tried to make those like creatures like with like human skin or like you know some equivalent or whatever like it just wouldn't have looked good uh, given you know graphics at the time um, and so like there there is a uh, and it, it was it was wild to me because like I'm looking at these people I'm like this is this is like something that like totally should be in the uncanny valley right like we we. Uh, there is, like, they're they're very, like, tall and, like, willowy and, like, have these, like, weird, like, thorax things. And it's, like, but it, I, I just, like, identify with them. And it's, I don't know, it's it's carried out in a way that, um, you know, it's not always flawless. Uh, but I think, like, given the limitations of the time, it's the best they could have done it. So,
2: yeah. What's the best way for me to put this? I, myself, am not blown away by Pandora. hmm I am blown away by how the people in the movie look at Pandora. Mm-hmm. They, like, the entire thing of what Neytiri is teaching Jake is how the, the whole aspect of we, all energy is taken, but then must be given back. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, this value of life. And look, the weird rhinoceroses that are in Pandora, no, they're not like, I'm, I'm not dying on a hill saying these are great looking things. Mm hmm. But the way they look at the rhinoceroses and react to them, there's this actual beauty of like wanting to understand this world. Mm. And so, t- yeah, you know, to me, they, they didn't hold up fantastically. Mm. But there's something in how everyone else looks at it that I can appreciate. Mm. And that to me is where the beauty is not just showing you something beautiful, but showing you how the people react to it and how. Because of how the Na'vi are reacting to something beautiful, the humans, like, what's wrong with them? That they mm-hmm. cannot see it when yeah. we're asking the audience to see it this way.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's very apt that, like, with the, – so the, the humans, they, they are looking at the planet, like, mostly, like, through, like, glass and, like, holograms and stuff. Like, they're literally, like, seeing through it. Uh, to like the thing that they want, this, you know, the unobtainium or whatever. And like, okay, I,
2: unobtainium
1: yeah. <laughs> is, is a thing that is said in, in this movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sheer brilliance. On, yeah. Uh, on the part of James Cameron. Yeah, no, it's like it's it's this it's this complete like stand-in for whatever you want it to be. Like, it's not even it, unique. It's, yeah, nobody <laughs> well, yeah. No, nobody nobody tells you like what it does or you know whatever. It's just like it's expensive.
0: You can yeah. get twenty million for a kilo. Yeah, it's like yeah, it
1: because it doesn't matter to the people like involved. They're just like, what can this get me? This can get me dollars. Like this can you know, and and it's just a. Um, and to, like, I don't know, to to Jake and to the other characters, like, he's like, I've got my legs. Like, I've got my, like, this, this planet has given me everything. And, like, why would I even want to bring in, like, any sort of outside, like, influence to ruin this? Uh, he's like, like, he's like... Um, he's like, what can I give them? Like, they don't want our like uh hairbrushes or magazines or anything. Like, <laughs> we nothing. try to give them an
0: education. Or yeah, whatever, which is fair. hilarious. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. It's like, well, what do they need with this? She's
1: like trying to teach them, like, with like the Lorax. You know, she's like, oh, hey, listen, here, here's this like lesson. They're like, we know. Like, it's and so there's a um, there's a lot that um, it's you yeah. So anyway, but he is like. They're like, don't bring anything into this. Like, it's good. And so, again, like, has that ever existed? Is that, like, a noble savage myth or whatever? Like, maybe. But it is it is a, uh, like, it, it, is, it is James Cameron's view of the environment that, like, we are consistent, like, consistently, like, bringing in our, like, outside influences and greed to uh, destroy it and eventually leave us with
2: nothing. So, I don't know. Jake gets taken into the Na'vi and they start to teach him his ways. Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring up specifically, I mean, anything that you want to gather from as he's learning to be one of them. Mm-hmm. But he performs, Is it, it's Sahulu, right? Sahelu. Sahelu. Yes. Twice. And I think that those two are pivotal moments of the movie. So Sahelu is when you use the um, private parts in your hair. Mm-hmm. To connect with other things. would call it private parts. It's uh, just uh, Yeah. It's like a function in that way. But yeah. It's, it's yeah. public, public mm-hmm. parts. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so... He uses it to get on a horse. Mm-hmm. And he uses it to ride a banshee, which is a giant pterodactyl-looking like thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, the horse is funny. You know, cool. I will say I was very impressed with the banshee this time. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed with like the ceremony of going there, finding a banshee. You know, you connect with it if it tries to kill you, mm-hmm. jumping on it, almost dying. And the two Na'vi who can't, who are not um, uh, Neytiri or her, you know, fiance Zute, Zute. Zute. Yeah. But the two Na'vi who are there who cheer for him, despite Zute, t- you know, wanting Jake to die. <laughs> I loved it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm.
0: It, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the moment when they go to the Ikron is it's an incredible scene. Partially because Cameron doesn't he doesn't cut frames, doesn't mm-hmm. this is a long movie and mm-hmm. <laughs> he makes you feel it as they they ride up to not to where the Akron are. They ride up to basically like a trailhead, I guess you could call it. And they have to then climb up into the Hallelujah Mountains, which again, if you forgot, are these floating mountains, essentially, yeah. high up in the skies of Pandora. They have to climb up, venture across a bunch of them, and then make their way along this path, finally, before they get to where the Ikran nest. And they have to... Then, and only then, do they have to find one and do the, the bond with it. And, again, he really makes you sit with the scene and be swept along in the adventure. And if you're a producer... And you're looking at ways to cut down your two hour and forty one minute movie so that audiences don't get up and go pee or get up and
2: leave. This is a moment where you could have been like, All right. James Cameron is pro pee. Because he is yes, I saw that too. His new movie movie is three hours and ten minutes long, and he's like, I don't get it. You can binge watch eight episodes on Netflix. Guess what? It's all right if you go pee and then come back to the movie. He's pro pee. He's pro-pee in the movies. Uh
0: but if you're a producer, this is a moment where you're like, look, James, can we cut one of these little vignettes? And, Jimmy, look. Yeah. <laughs> we, that we'll, it'll take out, you know, we'll save 20 seconds here, we'll, we'll cut elsewhere. But he has us sit with this journey. And again, it's, there's there's many facets to Avatar, but one of it is the very classic hero's journey, and we get to be a part of it in, in this way. And we get to in this great scene where he has to find his Ecran, and of course he almost dies, but then he doesn't because we've seen movies and read books before. And but seriously, like it's just another one of these great moments where you get swept along in the mm-hmm. journey.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's a it's something that like a lot of modern movies lack because again, like they they don't have like number one, they don't have James Cameron's like clout. Like he had a lot of filmmakers like are specifically hired because they have not made billions of dollars and like have like creative control. Uh, so like they they're, they're hired, uh, in order to like fulfill the producer's vision or whatever. And so this, uh, but yeah, this like James, uh, knows that, uh, in order for us to get that, like the finale of this movie is just wild. Like back half of the movie is like uh, eight times better than the front half. Um, the, like, climactic fight is, like, everything is coming together. Um, and so, uh, but, like, all that only works because you know how hard it was, like, to get there. Like, we've we've been made to sit through these, like, uh, interesting and exciting scenes. But, like, um, like Jake is a, like, Natiri says, you're like a baby. Like, you, you don't know anything. Like, I have to, like... You, you didn't start with, like, these special magical powers. Like, I have to, like, beat it into you. And so it's, uh, you know, the horse thing is, like, kind of funny because, like, he's just not good at it. Like, he's, and, uh, like, you never see him, like, become, like, adept with the horse or whatever. Um, but he gets to this place where, like, eventually through, like, trial and error and struggle, like, he's able to become the, like, killing machine that we see at the end. And, like, fantastic. Like, I, I I feel that he's earned that. And he's not just, like, this, like, special child. I identify with him. Yeah. And so.
0: Sahelu, as a concept, I, I think, ties in nicely to the themes of the movie here. And it's very on-the-nose, but the Navi are quite literally connected to the, the fauna of their world. And they connect with the flora in different ways. But, like you're saying, they can literally make this bond with animal equivalents that is the same as like humans being intimate with each other you know it's it's their their way of having sex i guess and so (laughs) there is this this intimacy that they have with their natural environment uh that that i think cameron is again some of these things it's like get it they're connected Mm -hmm. you know that's very simple but Mm -hmm. i don't know it, it works for me just enough when you're when you're thinking about it yeah. Uh, and 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 has he created this world to be unique to this movie. It's not based on a book, it's not based on a video game or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's a well conceived alien planet as as far as uh, <laughs> invented for the movies goes.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I love to like there there are like again, this is not like a, this is not exhaustive, but like there is an example that I really like where uh, Michelle Rodriguez, uh, her character. I happens, love her game. I love uh, Trudy. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> but like in the final <clears throat> scene when she's showing up to that battle, she has literally painted on her face the same thing that has been painted like on her uh, Scorpion aircraft. Yeah. And so it's like, again, it's this like theme of like connection. Like she, she gets it that like she is like, uh, she is like part of this thing. And like, it's it's like when the navi whenever their like animals die it's like this like it's like a character uh that like they have a deep connection to and they like mourn it and so um you know same with like uh i don't know there 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 are all these like little like uh themes about uh connection where you know the human beings are specifically like they are, they are lifted up in, like, this high tower or whatever, um, and they, like, they are, like, constantly, like, hovering over the ground and, like, not connected. And so, I don't know. It's, a, it's, a really, um, it's really smart. Uh, I, I think James Cameron is good at his job.
0: A flip side of this coin <laughs> that I picked up on, I promise I'll be done talking after this, but <laughs> a flip side of the coin, too, is I think in the ways that Jake and Grace and Norm and some of the other scientists have a connection to the Na'vi with their avatars, the soldiers have their own avatars, which are these big, giant fighting machines with enormous machine guns and giant knives. And some people joke about the, you know, the the, why do we need a giant mech suit that has a knife? Like, you already have a gun. But aside from being cool... Because it's cool, Jan! (laughs) And again, it's also just a reminder that this is what the humans are connected to. If the Na'vi are connected to nature... And the animals and the the tree internet so to speak as you said paul humans are connected to these weapons of war and they're connected to this this destruction whereas the navi are are connected with their world in harmony and i think it's a it's not a perfect one-to-one match but i i think it is a nice dichotomy and of course yeah yeah you hit over the head with it but it works
2: Mm. um all right the humans come and they destroy one of their sacred trees which, when we talk about the tree internet, it's because um, when you connect to the tree, when you become one with the tree, you can give your like voices and prayers into it. And if someone else connects to it, they can hear the voices and prayers of someone else who has done it. So it's like you're uploading and downloading files from the, from the cloud, mm. except from the tree. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This is a very poignant scene. It comes right after they mate. It comes right after Jake and Natiri mate. Mm. And it, it's a... Kind of a wake-up call to what the humans are actually there to do. Mm-hmm. Just gonna put that out there. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, I was. I was. Super, I was so affected. And Zoe just like totally sells it because she's she, so good. Yeah. She and is, is so like good. The, the the like sobbing and stuff. Like I. Um, I feel well. So Zoe was just like apparently uh, the most connected to this movie. Like uh, <laughs> she like walked around with like a tail on, like in the forest. Like it's you know. So she, she eats your
0: heart out, Daniel yeah, Day Lewis. <laughs> no,
1: totally. Yeah. I mean, when has Daniel Day Lewis ever worn a tail? Never. That's just it's just been, she, so Zoe's a better actor. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so but like there like she totally sells it, and I I like as a. Uh, you know as a like sheltered white kid it's sometimes hard for me to understand uh the like connection to nature that a lot of cultures have and like the uh psychological trauma that like comes about from the destruction of like sacred places and like um you know we literally like blow our president's faces onto like their sacred mountains and stuff and it's and it's this like what would it be like to literally like have the like voices of your ancestors stored in this thing and it's just like wiped away for no reason like bulldozed over and so it's it's a uh yeah it's one of those things that like i think james for all his imperfections is getting at something really important that uh i think can be taught to a lot of audiences who don't have that connection to nature and don't have that connection to their environment so yeah
0: avatar i i'm sure there's someone who is a scholar of their own, you know, and an indigenous person for mm-hmm. any nation mm-hmm. but especially in this one because i'm american like someone who is an indigenous scholar who would be able to point out the ways that avatar is imperfect yes, in, in, in mm-hmm. communicating about the the plight of the indigenous person in, uh, in the modern industrialized mm-hmm. world but at the same time i think it is it is sort of effective, as you're saying, Paul, for all of us sheltered white kids watching it from the great state of Ohio or mm-hmm. you know, wherever, yeah. mm-hmm. who are getting sort of a crash course on, on, on how the United States and, and other nations like it in, intruded upon other nations in the name of money or yeah. resources or mm-hmm. even just land and positioning, like whatever it would be. Because Cameron makes you turn against the humans in this movie, mm-hmm. you know people Colonel Quaritch, who is the head of security, played by Stephen Lang, who probably don't have time to like dive into, but just an incredible performance. It's he's he is, is so good in this movie. Yeah. He talks to Sully as his he's using Jake as kind of his double agent for the mm-hmm. first you know ninety minutes of the movie, and. Mm-hmm. He warns him against, you know, I, I forget exactly what it said. Basically, don't get, too, don't, don't get in too deep with the Na'vi because yeah. you don't want to forget where you're from. You, know? you yeah. don't want to, want to forget you're a human. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Jake, uh, that's the arc of this movie. He, he dives in way too deep with the, the Na'vi and becomes literally becomes one of them mm-hmm. by the movie's end. And we see the ways that Jake turns his back on his own species. Again,
2: called out by Korich. Mm-hmm. Like, are you going to turn your back on your species? And this comes right after he has his manhood initiation. Mm-hmm where he is finally accepted into the people, Mm -hmm. and as being accepted into the people, what should now be most sacred to him, or one of the things most sacred to him, which is this massive, and and we say tree, but tree also is like not a good indicator for for what this thing is to these people. Mm -hmm. Home tree. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's better. The home tree and the... He has spent this entire time You know, trying to be a double agent, but honestly, he never really does a good job at that. And more so just ingratiating himself, and I'm like, oh, I have learned how sacred this thing is. Mm. I'm supposed to accept it. Mm. It's Mm. supposed to be the culmination of all things, and Mm. now the people who sent me here are destroying it. Mm. It's a great moment Mm. to, to put this scene in. Especially because it comes right after he mates with Neytiri, and so it's a bit its just a culmination of being one, being one, being one, and now the being ones are being destroyed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. The, the I think I think Jake is such an interesting character because like he, he does get from the Navi what he never got from human beings because like he you think about it like he he literally like was crippled in the name of like, you know, the United States military. And he shows up on this base in like, you know, Pandora or whatever. And they're like, we don't like you. Uh, you're, not, uh, you're not the smart guy that we wanted. Um, you are uh, crippled. And so like, let's just disrespect you constantly. Yeah. Uh, let's treat you as less than a man. And then like, by, well, and, and again, like, it's like, he, he talks about like, do you want to turn your back on your own species? He like specifically does not say, you turn your back on humanity because like, the Na'vi are more human. Like they are, they they represent humanity in a way that the like literal like uh, Homo sapiens in this movie do not. And so like they are, uh, they're referred to as like humanoid. Like, and I think that um, we. Yeah, it's so great at the end of the movie when you're, like, cheering, when, like, you know, American private military contractors are, like, shot through with, like, spear-sized arrows and stuff. Right. Like, it's so, like, it's such an interesting thing that he does. And I think that, like, when this movie came out, there was all this, like, you know, think piece stuff about, like, oh, it's not perfect. And, like, you know, basically, like... That's uh,
0: why it's, like... Dances and Wolves or... Yeah, like yeah. I mean, The White Savior, which, like, yeah.
1: granted, like, it is. Like, it's... Yes, it's, it's, it definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, but at the same time, like, again, we have regressed so far that, like, uh, we are... I mean, this is literally happening in real life. That's the thing. It's like in 2009, we thought this stuff wasn't happening anymore. We thought like, oh, we, like, okay, Iraq war's over. Like, you know, we're we're we we we're, we've done our little adventuring, and like, now we're better. We're we're better human beings. Barack Obama, hope. Um, and and so like, and but like, we got past that, and we understand like, no, like, there are Marines now going to like, uh, you know, protest like the Keystone Pipeline, and like saying like. Finally, I was fighting these wars for imperialism and like I finally found my purpose. Like I finally found something that like gives my fight meaning. And so like I don't know. I think this movie hits harder than it did like back then because again, like we've regressed so far that like again we're making these like pro basically like pro imperialism in the guise of like anti imperialism. And so I
0: don't know. It's Yeah, he does a a great job. In comparison to the last 10 years of blockbusters. Because, of course, this comes out 2009, new decade starts right after. And what happened in 2008 by the release of Iron Man. And the 2010s are dominated by the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the superhero arms races that begin at other studios. And although those movies are... I'm a big fan of Mm -hmm. almost all of them. I I Mm -hmm. love that franchise. Yeah. Those movies... Are not usually consumed with ideas. They're definitely more about action and thrills. And when they are about ideas, obviously, sometimes, again, it, it sort of lands on the side of the establishment, or it lands on the side of the government, or, or whatever you want to say. Like there are very, there's very interesting writing on the even the U.S. government and military's ties to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and to these movies. Yeah, you can use the Air Force in our movie. Here's a couple million bucks. Now let's talk about that script. Uh, and so. I'm sure, uh, again, with Cameron, there was probably some sort of tax credit we could find about, you know, he was able to use this logo or that, like, whatever, that gun in the movie. But, uh, again, it is so different in comparison to the movies that we have gotten that would never deign to criticize the government and when they do it's because it's some secret conspiracy where Hydra infiltrated
1: S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah <laughs> it wasn't ever really yeah. in the government it yeah. was they yeah. would never do anything wrong like,
2: it, yeah. it
0: is it, I, w- I would hesitate to call Avatar an ideas movie but in comparison to a lot of the movies that we have gotten at this scale for the last 12 years it okay. is okay.
2: but it's, it's an ideas movie for a different reason and we're gonna have to wrap up soon so mm-hmm. put your final thoughts onto it mm-hmm. um it's an ideas movie because the spectacle is so big mm. that it hits the ideas home better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like, something that has worse CGI, something that has, like, worse action, honestly, worse acting, because Sigourney Weaver is always held on Sam Worthington. They are killing it in these roles. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Truly the peak of Sam Worthington's career. <laughs> we'll see if, this, if Avatar <laughs>
2: 2 kicks off a resurgence for him. I, I mean... Something as and I'm gonna say simple despite how complex it is, something as simple as you should treat people who were here beforehand well mm-hmm. or the environment is good and we should cherish it. Yeah. Is made better when you see how the Navi are reacting to it and how hard they're going to fight to keep it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. No, and that's the thing is, like, if you do not bring your own, like, uh, ideological, uh, you know, understanding of the world, like, if, if you don't have, like, a well-thought-out, like, ideology that you're bringing into the movie and you're saying, like, this is arguing this point, ideology seeps in anyway. So, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like, since you're talking about it, like, very, like, it is it is examining some things incredibly well, but in other ways, like, the ideology, like, on display is, like... It's very much pushed to the background because it's supposed to be a commercial product. Right. Um, and uh, that means, like, becoming inoffensive in almost every way. Um, and so, like, the ideological, like, uh, the ideological stuff, like, seeps in because, like, if you are not, like, fighting against the status quo, you are supporting it. If you're not, like... I mean, the, the like the, the, the whole, like, ethos of, like, Iron Man, like... For all the good that he does, or whatever, like he is a uh, like he says he's like privatized world peace, you know, and uh, it's it's about individuals like going out and like imposing their uh, um, you know beliefs on the world or Im- imposing like peace, uh, you know, and like uh, at the cost of justice often. Um, and so like the greatest like Marvel movies like uh, Black Panther or whatever like are like ideological texts where it's like we like it's it's directly arguing the point that uh you know it, it is anyway it's bringing its own like ideology to the front and uh i think that without it the movie is empty and ideology comes in anyway so i don't know you can cut out like half of that
0: i, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like i've gotten the same IPs piece on avatar and, and and what else i would add is just the 14 year old version of me who saw this for the first time returning to take the mic and being like it was amazing when they were flying yeah. and they were shooting like yeah, all of the yeah. the action in this movie that I could gush about for another hour so I'm a huge fan of this movie I love it mm-hmm. I'm really excited for The Way of Water mm-hmm. Christian anything you want to say I in I really want to
2: see it in 3D mm-hmm. but my roommate gets apparently sick like he gets motion sickness when he sees things in 3D so I'm looking for a new roommate. This, this, this. Have, him
1: clo- have him close one eye. I, that will... That will, uh, that will yeah. No, I feel for like three I hours have to 10 see minutes. this movie
2: in 3D. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm going to see it in whatever he wants to, but I then mm-hmm. I have to see it mm-hmm. like, I mean, we have to see this movie more than mm-hmm.
0: once. I, I already know that I'm seeing it more than once because I'm confident I will see it. It comes out the day after my birthday. Like, I'm going to be seeing this movie, a little yeah. birthday gift to myself, yeah. and then I'll see it with my family when I'm home for the holidays. Like, it'll be at least twice for me, so... Yeah. Right. Folks, Thanks. that is Avatar. So much more could have been said. There's but so much more to say. I know. Yeah. It's- All
1: right. Do you guys want to like go see it and like talk about it like afterwards? Yes. Okay. Sure. I do. All right. <laughs> it was, like, December fifteenth.
2: My, that's my birthday, December sixteenth. Right. But it December fifteenth, like yeah. a Thursday. Yes, and it comes out December fifteenth. Yes, it does. Stay tuned. Thanks, James. <laughs>
0: um, yes, of course, folks. That is Avatar streaming on Disney Plus. It's if not. You, it's not.
2: I rented it on Prime
0: curses curse the disney corporation it is not streaming on disney plus that is insane to me
2: this movie's almost took it off, it's, yeah. it's almost oh
0: my gosh disney. All right. okay anyway. it is available on blu-ray at my apartment if you want to come <laughs> find me we'll watch it together otherwise you can rent it anywhere i'm sure maybe even borrow it from the library go check it out sure. paul thanks so much for being with us anything you have to plug here on this lovely podcast
1: No, I mean, uh, the uh, Koch brothers are trying to take Indian reservations as we speak, so (laughs) do do with that what you will. Greenpeace.
2: All right. (laughs) Okay. Um. Do we have do we have time for awards or do you want to save that for
1: next week? Uh
0: Christian, let's save it for next week. I we're unfortunately, listeners, we're up against the wall here time wise because uh it's it's the morning and the work day is beginning and I have meetings to be on because I'm a corporate uh, corporate marketing fool. So right, right. gotta go do that. But we'll we'll have our awards for the James Cameron blend of the month next week with our James Cameron ranked list. As Christian and I
2: from piranha to the spawning from to piranha Avatar. Piranha to the
0: spawning to Avatar, we'll order these movies and the one. I still have to watch Piranha 2, Christian. I can't believe you're making me do this. I did watch the original Piranha a few days ago, and it's it's
2: fun. low cult classic. I feel like yeah. the lower part of the list is going to be easy for us. I think that when we get to the top part, we're going to fight.
0: Yeah, I, there are a few like stone-cold masterpieces <clears throat> in Cameron's filmography that we'll have to sort through. Everybody's got their own top three, and, and mm-hmm. we'll have to figure out what ours is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul, number one James Cameron movie? Do you have one?
1: I mean, I'll 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 tell you guys after December fifteenth. Okay, we gotta wait and see. (laughs) Wait of water, baby,
0: it's coming. Mm -hmm. Uh, And of course, this this is the Cinema Drift podcast. It's the end of the show here, so we got the normal outro bitness for you. If you want to send some feedback into the show, we would greatly appreciate it. Our email is cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. would honestly love to see some listener Cameron rankings or even just like a top three or top five, depending on what you've seen. Obviously, some of these movies are not as widely available, a little bit harder to see, or they're piranha to despawning. And so feel free to just send in what you got. We'd love to see some listener lists there. That's cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. You can also, please, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating or a review if applicable. Sincerely appreciate it, and we love to shout out those listener reviews here on the show. You can also follow myself and the show on Twitter, Christian on Instagram, and both of us on Letterboxd, where we are regularly rating and reviewing the things we are watching. Paul, any social media platforms you make use of? Not, not, not enough to to punch. Uh, okay, folks, this uh, this is it. Avatar, it's done. It's happening. Any final thoughts for the folks listening along at home, Christian? No, nothing from Christian, folks. We're going back We're to not. Pandora soon, but until next time, this has been the Cinema Drip podcast.